Scotty Scheffler will not win the Masters. The world number one. The world number one will not win the Masters. <laughs> Welcome, everyone, to the You're Still Out Golf Podcast, part of the Sports Pros Network, where we're always talking sports. So let's start the conversation. I'm your host, Keith Needham, and I'm joined in studio by one half of my usual two co-hosts. But the other co-host is going to call in here in just a moment. But that silky voice that you heard that led into the intro there, Mr. Jonathan Teal. Who is that idiot? Uh, man, bad, bad, bad pick there, right? Who was that guy? Uh, we'll, we'll be addressing that a little bit later <laughs> in the podcast. Um, good to uh, see you, sir. A uh, great afternoon. Am, ambushed you a little bit there. I ambushed uh, you a little I, bit. I, I frankly knew it was coming. <laughs> when you said yesterday when we were watching the final round of the Masters at Chalk that you had a couple new sound clips queued up, I thought, you know what? I could be one of those. But, you know, for every gimme Vic Hovland, there may be a bad choice. Hey, you know, for, you know, the thing of it is, is that it's memorable, right? That's all that matters, right? It makes great pod content is so long as it's memorable. And, and again, so I'm going to leave that one again, on the board I, forever. I, I will fully address this a little bit later, uh, but we have some wonderful housekeeping items to get to. We do, yeah. We, uh, we do have a, hopefully, a call with our man Scooter and 2G uh, out at a uh, very special place. So let's get some housekeeping and then we'll get to the fun. Of course. So we've got to show some love to our primary sponsor, uh, of course, we are talking about Chalk Luxury Sports Bar, right, ladies and gentlemen? Everybody knows about Chalk Till. I think over under on hours that we spent at Chalk this past week, probably about 17 and a half, give I, or take, I somewhere. Would, uh, and I would probably have to hammer the over. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. 1324 West Memorial Road there in Chisholm Creek Plaza. Follow them on the web at chalkokc.com or follow them on Twitter and Instagram at chalkokc. Uh, just completed our first major Mondays promo of the year right so uh you get some winners we got some we got some swag got to give some away folks right? to shout out major mondays our promotion obviously the monday before every major championship we will be spending at chalk for a happy hour uh, in conjunction with that throughout the major championship week you come in you draw a golfer if your golfer finishes highest in the tournament uh, you win a prize uh, in this case, $100 of credit to Lincoln Park Golf Course. Scotty Scheffler, as you mentioned, the big winner of the Masters, drawn by Tanner Chance. He was the lucky winner that uh, drew Scotty. So we will reach out to Tanner or he will reach out to us if he is a pod listener. Uh, we have learned our lesson, though. Don't put all your eggs in one basket. Second place uh, who drew Rory McIlroy, who I cannot wait to get to. Wow, what a second place. Uh, with yeah. a uh, second-place finish goes to Forrest Walton, drew big Rory McIlroy, and so we will get in touch with him, uh, the winner of a Michelob Ultra golf bag for the second-place finish. Nice. So not a, bad, not a bad consolation prize. But next month, May 16th, the Monday before the PGA Championship, which is coming right in our backyard, at Southern Hills, we will be once again at Chalk from 4 to 5.30 p.m., so please mark your calendars for happy hour. Come join us. Draw your golfer again. Thanks to the folks at Lincoln Park for helping us with this promotion, celebrating their 100-year anniversary in 2022. Great stuff, and big thanks, of course, to Chalk Luxury Sports Bar. Always the favorite. That is Chalk Luxury Sports Bar. All right, J. Till, do we, we want to make a little phone call to some to some friends? We are going to dial up the North 
Carolina Sandhills. Carolina on my mind. What is going on, gentlemen? Wow, this worked. I love it. Uh, Silky, sexy voice. Scooter, uh, Uh, I guess first and foremost, I can can actually tell the joy in your voice. Um, Dude, I have chills. I've had chills since 10 a.m. Now, we actually, uh, even that might be a medical condition, you might want to get that checked out. So, so tell the (laughs) folks exactly your exact location, Scooter. I am exact location is hole eight, Pinehurst number two. I'm on the green with about an uphill 25 foot for birdie. Oh, very nice. Uh, If if it didn't take such concentration to hit putts on those turtleback greens, I would say put the phone down, hit the putt, and tell us how it went. But we'll leave that to the listeners' imagination. I'm waiting for for our caddy fluff to come over and give me the line. He he and I have been on the same page quite a bit today. Um, Very good, very good reads by fluff. Got to give him a lot of love. Uh, Chad is about to putt. Um, I think his is for birdie as well. He's got about a 55, 60 foot putt. Oh, that's nothing to give for you an update. Nothing for two. Um, He'll drop it. We are we are playing with two wonderful, wonderful gentlemen from Australia. Uh, they are on their last leg of a four leg golf trip. They were in San Francisco. Then they went to Bandon. Then they went to the Masters and played courses around Augusta. And now they are playing Pinehurst. So oh, if anybody wants. To, uh, I think uh, I speak for all our listeners when I say uh, F those guys. <laughs> Gotta get those guys on the podcast. Uh, you can you can tell them you can tell them I said that. <laughs> we we have we have we have gained two listeners for sure. So oh, love it. Um, I, it is my putt here. Uh, we were down two strokes early, or two. We're playing match play against the two two gentlemen. Uh, we went down two after three, and we have made our way back to even. And we are got a chance to win the hole. So, uh, YSO. Maybe Chad, yeah, YSO never maybe say Chad. die. That's right. That's right. We're we're fighting. We're grinding. So, man, thanks for uh, letting us thanks for letting us drop in on you there at Pinehurst. And, you know, we always like to take advantage of these special moments. And glad you're having a yep. great time, buddy. Yep. You guys enjoy. And uh, man, it was a blast watching Scotty Scheffler do what he did. So, uh, we'll see you guys back. Back here soon. So, all right, Hi, have fun. Hit Go get him. See you guys. How about that? Our man Scooter Gers, two G out in Pinehurst, North Carolina. I mean, man, what about that trip by the Aussies, though? Good lord! Yeah, talk about stunting on you, man. So, I mean, I thought the the trip to Pinehurst was pretty special, but those guys are big flex. Big, down big under. flex. They must be some, uh, you know, they must be deep in the the kangaroo farming down there to be able it's to afford money. themselves yeah. such big illustrious trips. Uh, very good. Well, obviously on next week's pod, we will get the full breakdown. Might even try to etch into 2G's schedule and have both the guys on uh, to, to break down their trip. But uh, obviously anytime you're in Pinehurst, it's a special deal. So wanted to check in with our man Scooter. You know, obviously, you know, he's, he's, he's punting for birdie. So I, I didn't want to do this I'm for sure him. Uh, I didn't want to do this to him on the podcast, but we do have a couple Mia Culpas to get out there, my friend. Out, outside of the intro, outside of this one? Scotty Scheffler will, uh, again, that? that will be fully addressed uh, here shortly. Okay. Yes, that will be among the Mia Culpas. Uh, but I, I, I do have to say, our, our man Scooter, in his uh, Stump the Mish trivia section, uh, one of the questions that uh, he threw at me was, uh, Tiger obviously wins by 12 strokes in 97. 
He asked who finished second to Tiger that year. And the answer was Tom Kite. But Scott said uh, it was a tied for second with Tom Weisskopf. And uh, that was that was blatantly incorrect. Uh, Tom mm-hmm. Kite finished uh, alone in second. Tom Weisskopf was nowhere to be found on the leaderboard. And so I wanted to make sure that the, the folks didn't. Uh, I, got, I got a couple mentions. Knew it started with do. the W, though. Yeah. Knew we, it started with the W. Always, uh, we always get the mentions. I was on the hook, actually, for saying that Russ Henley won earlier in the year in Hawaii. Uh, I uh, remembered it incorrectly. He was uh, second at the Sony to mm. the uh, Hideki missile three wood that landed about three feet. That's from right. The cup. Yeah. Incredible. Shot. Uh, so, so, so bad on me there uh, for, for that, that mistake. But yes, I think the, um, the big, I wouldn't even so much call it uh, uh, a couple. I, I would like to, I would like to formally apologize. Wait, wait, before you do it, let's hear it. Scotty Scheffler will not win the Masters. <laughs> the world number one. The world number one will not win the Masters. So, I, uh, unlike some others on this and other podcasts, I admit when I'm wrong. And Takes a big man. I would like to give a formal apology to Scotty Scheffler, uh, to the, uh, the fine uh, blue-collar community of Highland Park, in Texas, Dallas, uh, the the entire uh, SMU community, blue collar, um, blue collar community. Yeah, I, I would like to to what what's the pizza place there in uh, in Highland Park that's really famous? Uh, the name escapes me. The uh, uh, Sussies, I believe it is. I apologize to the fine folks at Sussies. Um, you know, I, I apologize to to the. Uh, Dancing with the Stars participants, which Scotty clearly with that footwork is a future participant. Uh, apologies there. So uh, I wouldn't say I was wrong as much as I would say I was dead wrong. Yeah, that's fair. And he, in fact, did win the Masters. I, I had to do a little bit of checking on that uh, questionable drop that he took on Saturday that really probably should have been a disqualification. Yeah, we're going to talk about that. Uh, the officials uh, assured me that it was was a good drop. I uh, would just say agree to disagree. I see it differently. But yes, part of the idea behind the who definitely won't win is somebody who everybody thinks could win, and you go the other direction, and I got I got burned on this one. I well, burned bad. I, I think how you classified it last week, and again, good, good for me, not being there for the podcast last week. So no, no, no mea culpas from myself since I wasn't present. So it makes it a little bit easier to avoid uh, the... Uh, it's always a great way to not make mistakes is yeah, to not say anything. Just not show up, right? So <laughs> I mean, that's that's my MO, baby. So why try? I'm going to lose or get it wrong anyways. But, uh, um, you know, you categorized it last week as, you know, you want to fly as close to the sun as you can possibly get without crashing and burning, you get a little, too, little, little too close to the sun. Yeah, the uh, the 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 wax wings completely completely melted. I fell back to earth, and uh, here I am, hat in hand, apologizing uh, to to Mister Mister Scott Scheffler. Uh, you know, God bless him. He's only uh, three or four years away from the Champions Tour, so this win surely solidifies. 25 going on 50. God bless surely him. Surely solidifies his card until he can make that transition uh, onto, onto the Champions Tour. Uh, good on him. Uh, we got all sorts of Scotty Scheffler to get into, and so I'll let you uh, kind of take the reins on Big Scott's win because uh, I want to dive deep. It was a good one. Yeah, and, and I guess, you know, being – 
podcasters being fans of the game, being people that oftentimes try to put things in perspective, Till, you know, perhaps, you know, we're going to talk all about what took place yesterday afternoon on the second nine down in Augusta, but but maybe we zoom out a little bit and, and really just kind of recap the last, what, seven months, eight months of uh, a young, old Mr. Scheffler's life, right? So rewind all the way back to the Ryder okay, Cup Ryder in Cup, September. Yeah, okay, sure. And then this just meteoric rise, if you will, since then. And, and we were talking about it up at Chalk yesterday afternoon that, you know, the casual golf fan probably didn't knew, know who the hell he was last 4th of July. Let's let's put it that way, right? So you and I uh, kind of went back and forth about Scheffler and Taylor Gooch in November or whatever it was saying, hey, which one of these guys are going to break out this year, right? Which one's going to win the tournament first? You were right. I, again, I riding the coattails here, I feel a little bit more justified given I took no Scheffler no uh, in this meteoric rise. But no no one saw this coming, but my goodness, what a seven months. And, uh, you know, he was very uh, genuine, I thought, very authentic in the post-round interviews and the message that he had there saying, you know, I don't, I don't know that this has really sunk in. And I don't think he was necessarily just talking about what took place yesterday. I think the last six months have been an absolute whirlwind. And, you know, you don't use the Tiger analogy very often, but whenever we think about such a rise to prominence – in such a relatively short period of time, not not necessarily the rise of prominence, I should say, but the just amount of victories in in the scale of what he's been able to accomplish over the short period of time. I mean, it's tiger like, you know. If I can if I can be so bold to say, yeah. Well, okay. I think the one tiger like situation is that <clears throat> the guy who um, had the quickest. Ascension to number one after their first win. Scotty Scheffler, 42 days. Beat the cat, I think, by a couple months. I think it was 252 is what the cat was. And then uh, David Duvall after cat at 563, I believe, was the stat. So So that that right there. Exponential. uh, The ultimate heater, I think, that uh, Scotty Scheffler is on right now. And, you know, we two or three weeks ago talked about, again, what kind of world number one will Scotty Scheffler be and uh, the, uh, the, the the stats the results certainly would tell you that he is going to be a world number one with staying power now just as a matter of you know his multiplier I we need to pull up OWGR and see how much space he has now between himself and world number two Colin Morikawa but Players to make their first career start as world number one at the Masters. Scotty Scheffler is a winner. Ian Woosnam in 91 is a winner. Only two guys to do it. Uh, I believe I saw that there's only four guys to win a major as world number one. And those would be Ian Woosnam, Tiger Woods, Fred Couples in 92 was actually world number one, and he won the Masters. And then Dustin Johnson in 2020, obviously the fall Masters, which, you know, it's kind of like half a major, but we'll count it. So there, again, you kind of think about, and Scott and I were, Scott Gers and I were going back and forth on (laughs) the other Scotty, um, that, you know, how many world number ones even actually win majors period and it's uh, it's like yeah not very many and we kind of i was kind of listing them off um Woosnam was the one that it w- would have been a tough get uh, uh i remembered freddie 
Uh, DJ was recent, and then just Tiger. You just name a stat, and Tiger did it. No, uh, you asked about the world golf rankings currently after the Masters and the in the gap that Scotty Scheffler has now. 10.06 points over number two, Colin Morikawa actually jumped John Rahm. Yeah, okay. Morikawa at 7.98, so a two-point gap. That's that's a lot, people. So if, if you're not familiar with the ranking system there, that's that's a healthy gap and understandable, right, over the last three months. Yeah, absolutely. When you and wins with str- wins in strong fields will rocket you up that <clears throat> official world golf ranking. And so Scheffler has a, a very comfortable lead there. So, you know, you can't just there's you kind of can keep heaping superlatives on the man. Um I will say one dubious. Well, let me let me give you one more. The, the there's only two players since 1960. Okay, in 1960, that's a Turns out that's a long time ago. 62 years, give or take. Only two players have left the Masters with four PGA Tour wins in that season, including the Masters. And the other one besides Scheffler is not Tiger Woods. So even he's done something that Tiger hasn't done to start a season. Uh, The other one was Arnold Palmer in 1960. Uh, Just an emphatic statement by Scotty Scheffler to go out and uh, and get it done, man. Uh, Nine million bucks. He's he's racked up since January one. Yep, two point seven was the purse uh, for yesterday's win. Uh, a nice consolation prize for number two, one point six million, and that was one Rory McIlroy. At the start of the day yesterday, certainly did not seem like Rory would be making a top five, let alone finishing solo second. But goes out, fires a sixty four on Sunday, thirty two on the front. 32 on the second nine, and absolutely uh, just just a superlative-led round. And really, what we we know Rory is capable of, J. Till. But you know, from a Roar's standpoint, if you want to think about the uh, uh, the, the sound, the, the the moments that the Masters always kind of elicits about that second nine on Sunday afternoon, most of them was coming from that group, right? Rory McIlroy and Colin Morikawa uh, paired together there. Scheffler more of a, a, a yeoman, kind of a blue collar finish to the uh, round, if you want to say that, but uh, had some amazing shots, didn't he? This is what we've been waiting for from Rory. And I think that some people will still you know, poo-poo it away that, oh, well, you know, he was way out of it. And sure, he shoots a great final round to kind of backdoor himself in there. And I think all of our listeners, and certainly if we have new listeners, you will remind them of how much I am very, very difficult on one Rory McElroy. This was different. First of all, 64 is the ties the lowest round ever, lowest final round ever Sunday, yep. in a Masters. And he did it to give himself a legit chance to to put some pressure on the leader, right? Now, Scheffler was a little too far out in front, but I'm telling you, I, those roars echoing through the back nine all the players say you can tell who those roars are for. And so he knew that it was Rory out a few groups ahead of him making that charge. Um, and just, just, just damn impressive from Rory seemed to be having that kind of, kind of hitching his giddy up. He just bouncing around the golf course, smiling, having a great time. I, uh, I was impressed. 
I was impressed. Yeah, the uh, the shot by both he and Morikaw on 18, holding out for the bunker. Both guys holding out for birdie on 18. I don't know that we'll ever see that again. I, I don't. I can't recall true. ever seeing. No, it. I think you're right. That's and, uh, especially Rory's. Like he had, to, he was aiming away from the hole. Yeah, had his back 270 to the hole, degrees. Yeah, yeah. and uh, it curls down the hill, goes into the hole for a three to to get him that 64. Now, as good as the 64 was. The celebration in the bunker after the hole out was absolutely pathetic. Yeah, it was awkward. awkward. It was. uh, Have you never celebrated before? Yeah, Uh, that was. We 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 kind of uh, give golfers a hard time for their high five abilities with their caddies. Uh, this this made Tiger and Stevie's high five after sixteen, <laughs> like 16 at the Masters yeah, look yeah, like uh, the bunker a well executed you know you know handshake <laughs> yeah. uh, um, secret secret devil handshake, but. Um, I'll 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 go out on somewhat of a limb here. I, I'm not going to go full script flip. I I think that I that that final round is going to do something for Rory. Yeah, uh, I mean you you I, have to think. You talked about the pep in his step. I mean that's got to carry over to Tulsa this or next I month, think right? That, to. Um, got to be feeling pretty I good. I think about it's going to it's going to carry over for really the the rest of the year, and then I think. When he comes to Augusta next year, there's not going to be any doubts in his mind about can I play well here. Yep. Uh, he's 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 seen himself do it. He's felt himself do it. He f- he felt how it feels to play Roy McIlroy golf at Augusta. I, I think I, again, I I'm almost too early for prognostications I'm almost for ready the 2023 20, Masters. I'm almost ready to ride hard. <laughs> I won't put that on you for Roy McIlroy after uh, quite some yeah. time now. I mean, honestly, probably since the inception of our podcast right, back in fall 2020, coming up on two years now. That I've I've been on this on this block of uh, fade Rory and fade him hard, um, but uh, special special final round, and it was fun to watch, man. It, it was. was fun to watch. Yeah, and and he's been vocal about the fact that you know that's the last major. That uh, he he lacks right to make that career grand slam. So you know that he wants that one so bad to kind of finish that career grand slam. And uh, yeah, probably will be a trendy pick for the twenty twenty three Masters. But again, won't put that on you. So superlatives at the right end of the spectrum there, right? Scotty Scheffler, Roy McIlroy. Uh, we got to talk about my guy, Cam Smith. Um, you know he went went out. Super hot round, and really kind of a, a schizo round, if we want to call it that, right? He opens up on Thursday with a double on number one, makes eight birdies, and then he doubles 18 for kind of a, a, a funky feeling walking off the green off 18, but he was in second, right? Disappointing yeah. 68 yeah. at the Masters. But it, it was good enough for second place after day one. Uh, comes out, lays an egg on Friday with a 74, and you think, ah, well, he shot himself out of it, and then I'll be damned if he doesn't come back and shoot another 68 on Saturday to put himself just three strokes behind. Scotty Scheffler comes out, birdies the first two holes yesterday, Jay Till, and all of a sudden the three-stroke lead becomes a one-stroke lead, and we're fired up at Chalk saying, game on, baby. We have got ourselves a golf tournament, and then proceeds to mess himself. Uh, just right down his leg from... About the third hole on, it seemed. Well, yeah, I I think that he definitely came back after those two birdies on one and two with bogeys on three and four. And we'll get the third hole. The third hole and, was the, the turning point, I think, in the tournament, right? And I, and I guess, I don't know if you're one not winning together yet with Scheffler, uh, but yeah, I, I probably was the, the flipping of the script. It's like... Both guys in jail. Both guys in jail, and Scotty hits this amazing low running chip that's probably going to go at least 10 feet by 
hits the pin, drops in. I, I think we actually had boots on the ground. We actually got sound from Scotty Scheffler right before he hit that shot. Cinderella Starry, out of nowhere, a former greenskeeper now about to become the Masters champion. <clears throat> it looks like I'm a wreck. It's in the hole. It's in the hole. Yeah, I mean, wow. he, he hit it that hard. I, I, hit it that I hard. knew 2G had, had grounds tickets for last Monday. I didn't realize he had Sunday passes as well. Amazing yeah, we that got he, connections. Amazing that he was here there to catch that. We've got connections. I didn't know he's a former groundskeeper. That's interesting. But That's I, I digress. I digress. So, Scotty chips in. Probably the iconic shot of this Masters. Cam can't get up and down. Makes bogey. And so, that's a two-shot swing. Cam proceeds to bogey the next hole. Was he couldn't have been more than six inches on that par three from hitting it just stone dead. Yep, yep. Ends up in the front bunker. Again, can't get it up and down. Now, I will say he kind of steadied the ship. He didn't make a ton of bogeys, you know, from that point until he got to number 10. Absolutely starts hitting it off the planet starting on 10. Yeah, he, he started, he put the left miss in play. It was not pretty. Uh, but really, when he makes the birdie, the very unlikely killer like birdie on 11. It's still three-stroke lead. We we are right there. And like so many before him. Oh, man. Like so many before him. He is undone by, at a place that all the talk is, oh, I guess is longer than it's ever used Lengthy to be. It, We're yeah. moving this tee back. We're moving that tee back. It's an innocuous 155-yard nine-iron shot that ends Cam Smith's chances at the 2022 Masters. Yes, we are talking about the 12th hole, Golden Bell. What is it about that hole, Till? People have just, I mean, you know, and we've seen some guys kind of have some mental blocks about that hole moving forward, right? Obviously, we think about Spieth for a couple years. We think about Francesco Molinari. I mean, you know, Cam Smith strikes me as a guy who will be able to bounce back, but 12 has jumped up and bit some people in some critical moments over the last few years. It has, and I I personally can't fault him for taking on the shot. He was going for it. Had to. Had to be aggressive, right? He's behind. What I can fault him for is he hasn't made a swing. Even he hasn't made an iron swing that bad. Definitely in 2022, you know, may, maybe sometime last year, but I mean that that was a that was his worst swing of the tournament. Definitely his worst swing of the day, and uh, it finds the drink. Uh, he not only can't get up and down, but ends up making a triple, triple. bogey six, and uh, his chances were cooked at that it point. Was all she wrote from there, and and again, you know, at that time, Rory making his charge, but still just so many strokes back, and. Uh, I think after 12, it, it kind of became a coronation, for, for lack of a better term, right? So, yeah. Scheffler had such a big lead. Now, he, he kind of gaxed it a little bit on 18, right? So, has a four-putt on 18, but he had a five-stroke lead, so didn't really matter. But, uh, again, he did everything he needed to do, kept it in play, didn't make any critical mistakes over the last, what, five, six holes. I think he birdie, hey, he, birdie's 14, and well, it was like, all right, it's over with now. So Great, great shot on 14. Yep. Uh, you mentioned the four-putt that – Scotty Scheffler had on the 72nd yeah. hole. Yeah. Uh, there's only, um, there's only been one other player in the last 40 years of any PGA tour event to four putt the last hole of a tournament and win. And he, and he did it in the masters. <laughs> Such his dominance over the previous prior 71 holes. Right. Yeah, so uh, not quite as bad as Kevin Nas five putt the day before. Right. So, I mean, it could have been worse. It was it still would have worse. Won. In, in fact, um, 
definitely want to talk Nas five putt. I mean, that uh, on the 16th hole, uh, an unbelievable hits, hits it on the green and one, and then just starts playing hockey. That's it. one of the, we were joking about it yesterday is like, we've been playing golf for a long time and we, we are by no means professionals, but I've, I've never five. Putted. I have also never five. I four putted, never five putted. Um, I personally am calling for Kevin Na to turn in his tour card. <laughs> You can't five putt and be a professional. You huh? cannot five putt. I'm sure that is in the, the bylaws somewhere of the PGA Tour. That if, you, if you five putt a green, it's time to hang it up. Well, you know, another, especially for somebody who's known for be walking in. That's right. He is. He's he's got the little cachet there. I bet he. Uh, you think he walked in the fifth one? I didn't see it. I hope he did. Yeah, actually. that would have been pretty sweet. <laughs> so, you know, uh, another guy who struggled uh, on a hole and had a four putt um, was was the big cat Teal. And uh, you know, I know you want to talk. A lot about Tiger. So much of the oxygen, so much of the buzz leading up to the beginning of the tournament last week was about Tiger, and rightfully so. Makes the cut, right? It comes out Thursday with a with a very admirable one under seventy one. Uh, things got more difficult. The conditions got a little more difficult. I think his leg uh, started to bother him a little bit more. We saw him there after the round on Sunday afternoon. Hugs to the family, the kiddos, mama, uh, and it. he was favoring the leg a great deal then. Uh, you can kind of notice he had a limp on uh, during the rounds on Thursday through Sunday, but you could definitely tell it was bothering him. But a heroic effort to finish all 72 holes, and, and man, just to make the cut, in hindsight, you know, we we should we should be more impressed, but are we are we not quite as impressed as we should be because of the fact that it's Tiger Woods and he's Superman and yeah he he can he can do it. For me personally, no, I am damn impressed that he comes out and after five hundred and something days, they said of playing in a PGA Tour event, uh, shoots a one under par seventy one on a tough scoring day. Yeah, uh, and beats you know at that point he was T ten, so he beat. 60 other, like, legitimate uh, PGA Tour golfers who should be ashamed of themselves, actually. You come out and you lose to the cat, uh, who's basically has half a leg hanging on. Uh, speaking of, you know, having to turn in your tour card, that, so those guys should also turn in their tour cards. But uh, I have nothing but praise for the cat. I I was... Him, him just being able to play four rounds at Augusta National just warms my heart, man. I mean... From somebody who, was he ever going to walk again, to, you know, was he going to lose a leg, to, I'm in a hospital bed for, you know, six weeks, I'm hurting so bad, I'm kind of laying out on my backyard in the grass kind of stuff, to to playing and, and you know, acquitting himself definitely really nice through two rounds. Uh, I was I was just in awe. I think that... In spite of Scotty Scheffler's amazing performance, the thing that we will remember from the 2022 Masters yep. is Tiger coming back and and, and wowing us um, once again. Not unsurprisingly, ran out of gas. Just yeah, just ran out of gas. 78s on both Saturday and Sunday, tied for well, I mean, I guess tied on Sunday, but uh, sets the wor- uh, mark for his worst round at Augusta. But again, given the circumstances, I think we'll give him a pass. Uh, but yeah, that's the perfect way to describe it. Ran ran out of gas over the weekend, no doubt about it. Yeah, I think that that was expected. I think that uh, even watching him on Thursday, you could tell that by the end of that day, he was completely gone. He was fortunate to have an early tea time Thursday, late tea time on Friday, which gave him, uh, you know, probably an extra 
four to six hours that day to, to, to recover, to get treatment and to be ready to go for that, you know, 1245 ish time on Friday afternoon. Uh, but then when you kind of have to turn around uh, and play straight away on Saturday, straight away on Sunday, on top of that, the weather was quite chilly on Saturday and it was a tough scoring day, even really probably the toughest scoring day of the four. Uh, just not surprising, but man, just awesome to see tiger and Augusta. I'd said that earlier in the week, it's like peanut butter and jelly just go together and are synonymous with each other. I did throw out an unpopular take. Uh, what I, uh, what I, what I would think is an unpopular take. I hope he skips the PGA. Yeah, we were talking about the U.S. Open. Right, so there was uh, some news that broke late Sunday evening uh, that kind of said, you know, he's going to try to play, but he's definitely going to be playing at the Open Championship, obviously the 150th anniversary right at St. Andrews, uh, a place that Tiger has had a tremendous amount of success over the last 20 years whenever the Open has rotated through the old course there. And so, yeah, definitely would expect to see him uh, across the pond, but will we see him in between? Yeah, and there's the, I want to make sure he plays at the Open, um, but I want to, <laughs> Southern Hills for the PGA, and again, I don't want to get ahead of ourselves here and previewing that and talking about that too much, but it's going to be crazy because there hasn't been a major since 2007. Uh, it's in you know, pretty close proximity to the Kansas City area. Obviously, a lot of Oklahoma City people are going to go up. Even DFW folks are going to make that trek. Uh, if Tiger Woods tees it up, it will be absolutely crazy. Like traffic that Tulsa has never seen before. Yes, it would be cool. Um, frankly, yes, if my kids were maybe like three years older in that 10 to 13 range. I'd probably be rooting for it to happen. So I I get the reasons that people would be geeked about him coming, Uh, but I'm going to go contrary and take, and I'm going to be there all week. So like, I, I don't think I've ever seen the guy in person, even from afar. So maybe I should go the other way, but contrary and take, I hope he skips is fully as healthy as he can be uh, for St. Andrews. And makes everything a little cheaper that week, and Uber lines not as long. <laughs> yeah, uh, and again, the physical toll that I think Southern, you know, Southern Hills uh, from a up and down standpoint, you talk about undulation and walking, similar, uh, probably similar. May, maybe even more, you know, a little rougher than than Augusta National, right? So yeah, it's gonna it's gonna take a toll on the golfers, and you know, it might be a little swampy and a little warm at the uh, end of May in Tulsa, Oklahoma as well. But uh, other other golfers, uh, JT, uh, who, who do we want to talk about, my friend? So uh, some other guys that, uh, you know, honorable mentions, for lack of a better term here. Who stood out to you over the course of the weekend? Yeah, I got to I gotta talk about two guys. Uh, the first is my boy, JT. Um, now that we've given Scotty Scheffler plenty of love, you know, uh, somebody who's very near and dear to our hearts that will remain nameless kind of called us out for not talking about Scotty Scheffler enough. I feel like we talk about Scotty Scheffler plenty, but over under on mentions of Scheffler's name, I think was 47 and a half. So Scheffler, 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 hit no. the over. Now I will say another podcast that will remain nameless. It's also very near and dear to our heart. I went back and listened again to that podcast from the week before and didn't hear, um, Scotty Scheffler's name one time, except for the call-in that they had who said to fade Scotty Scheffler. And, oh, by the way, that call-in said fade Scotty Scheffler and fade Roy McIlroy. Mm, mm, interesting, mm. interesting. I wonder if that guy will also be uh, uh, making a formal apology. Let's hope so. But 
I've said too much. JT, who we talk about plenty on this podcast, uh, he balled out at the right times and then just couldn't quite put four rounds together. But I, the reason I want to talk about him is that round, primarily on Friday, uh, JT, when the conditions get tough, he seems to step up and play mega rounds. I will say, start with a very disappointing four over par first round, yep. but then comes back with uh, ties the low round of the day with a 67 on Friday that was absolutely immaculate. Uh, was really fun to watch. Uh, I believe it was uh, what six birdies against one bogey. Oh, the 10th ten, ten, ten the only bogey. 10 playing tough round, all week. Just, yeah. just fun to watch. Yeah, so a 33-34, uh, front nine, back nine, 67. Now, not surprisingly, who did he tie the low round of the day? I believe it was with Mr. Scott Scheffler. Kudos to him. But even on Saturday, when the conditions were even tougher, and he shoots, uh, I think he shot even par 72. Uh, very nice round, but just could not get it going. On Sunday, enough to challenge for the lead. He really, Rory had the round that JT needed uh, to make things interesting. Uh, but I wanted to shout out our guy since uh, he kind of gets a lot of flack for being a little whiny, being a little complainy, which I would agree. Uh, but he seems to ball out, man. When the conditions get tough, JT gets going. Yep. One of only nine golfers to shoot under par over the course of the four rounds. I think that was the lowest number in Masters history. I think I saw that stat. The lowest number of golfers to shoot under par when it was all said and done. So, uh, yeah, pretty uh, pretty impressive by JT. Uh, anybody else, Till? Anybody else jump out to you, my friend, so that uh, you want to, again, give a little dap, get a little love to that uh, didn't quite do enough to slip on that green jacket. How can we not talk about Willie Z? The Z spot, baby. The guy just keeps getting it done when it comes to major championships. Second place finish last year, right? Kind of, again, coming out of nowhere. So Two Masters, two finishes in the top 10. I believe he was T6, uh, so just one stroke out of a, yep. of a top five Three finish. Under, yep. uh, but just continues to just flush the ball and look out. Yesterday, he was top 10 in strokes gained putting. Look out if he finds a game. way He's to... He's one of the best ball strikers out there. You know, what he needs to do is start lagging and chipping to that, like, six to eight-foot range that he seems to make all the time and avoid the two and three-footers that, yeah, two that are scary. Yep. Uh, but I just... I will say, you heard it here first. We've been talking about Willie Z since September 2020, I remember talking about him going into the Wingfoot U.S. Open, which was kind of our first big event that we covered on the podcast. Willie Z is here to stay. I uh, feel good about that, and uh, looking forward to seeing him at Southern Hills for sure. I, I'm going to get, I can tell you, at least one day, I'm going to get right in his hip pocket and walk 18 holes with Willie Z just so I can see that beautiful, beautiful form. Uh, can't wait to see him in person. So there's a couple of folks I wanted to point out from the superlatives. Keith, I got one for you. Hit me. And we can kind of go back and forth here. Um, I'm going to call this kind of segment, I'm not mad, I'm just disappointed. You know, you remember when you do something wrong in high school and your dad would pull you in and you'd say, son, I'm, you know, I, I'm, not, I'm not angry with you, but I'm just disappointed. Who, you can pick more than one if you like, from... The 2022 Masters, are you just disappointed in that you you didn't see more from? Yeah, you know, from the 
being mad at a golfer standpoint, that's easy for me. It's Cam Smith, right? He was my pick. I had a little, had a few shekels on him. The fact that uh, he, he played so poorly on Sunday, uh, that that one's easy. But the disappointment standpoint, I think for me, Teal, and again, I didn't have any skin in the game, but every time we saw him on the coverage on Sunday, it felt like he was hitting a great shot and then he just couldn't make a putt. But I'm going to go with our guy, Sungjae. It, it, you know, not mad because he was playing. It, his ball striking was great, but just disappointed for him that he didn't make enough putts. Right? He was the, he was the day one leader, five under. Right? Sixty seven on Thursday. He was one stroke ahead of Cam Smith, a couple other guys. And you think, man, he, he might. This might be the year, right? He might pull this thing off, and then kind of just fell apart, if you will, uh, in in not in a bad way, but just man just didn't seem to make any putts, and so disappointed for him because I felt like his his T eight finish. His ball striking justified a better finish for him. I'll put it that way. Yeah, I think that's well said. And you're right. Every time we did see him on the coverage, he was missing a very makeable putt for birdie. And um, he, he would have been mine probably too. Um, in terms of I'm just disappointed. I'm, I'm a big fan of Sung Jays. Love seeing him contend. This is now a couple of masters that he's been in true contention in. So he doesn't seem to be going away. Unless military service back in Korea makes him go That's away. That's what we were talking about, that he needs to win, right, so he can get out of that. So. But I'm going to throw another name at you, Dustin Johnson. Uh, again, yeah, not not mad good. at you, just yeah. disappointed. Comes into the weekend with a real chance to win. I think he was at minus two, minus three coming into the weekend within striking distance of Scotty Scheffler and uh, just, just doesn't get it done, man. Uh, when you go over the weekend and you shoot 75 in round three and even par in round two, uh, four when you, you need to be making a charge, uh, very disappointed. My pick to win uh, looked really, really solid after two rounds. Uh, very, very disappointed in DJ to not keep his hot play going. And then, um, you know, I will say I'm a, I'm a little disappointed in Brooksy. To be honest with you, I really thought Brooks would have a good Masters. Yeah, um, thought he would contend. Just didn't. Just didn't have it. I think he was plus three after the first day. Maybe even plus added, three on the second day too. Yeah, uh, seventy five. Added a couple to that to miss the cut. Um, along those lines, a few notables to miss the cut: Xander Schauffele misses his first cut at the Masters. Uh, Jordan, honestly, disappointed in Spieth. I I was probably. Um, picking with my heart and my uh, my eye test from many masters, I actually picked him first in our fantasy draft. Um, uh, for my first pick in the fantasy draft didn't come through. He misses the cut. His first missed cut at Augusta, and then Abe Answer. I know he's been battling an injury. Yep. Uh, but disappointing to see him miss the cut. Yeah, withdrew the week before, right? So uh, down at uh, San Antonio. So uh, there are some folks that um, you know we are a little disappointed in. I'll tell you another thing I'm disappointed in is some fashion. I'm a little disappointed. Yeah. I got I got I got a couple of fashion things. I, I know that I know that you have one you want to talk about. So I'll, I'll give you the floor to give us our first fashion faux pas. Well, we, we have to start locally, right? So Vic Hovland. Hey, hate to do it. Vic, uh, love you. The the choice of the pink pants on Thursday. I'm I'm down with the pink. Okay. I'm I'm down with the pink. That's fine. The racing stripe down the side of both legs. I, I don't know if they, they look like NBA tearaway pants. Like I was ready for him to make a birdie and then rip his pants off. Um, <laughs> I mean, those were those were bad, Till. Hey, Vic, you're in. Yeah, they, they, those those were awful. Uh, Jason Kokrak, right? I think a guy we have to talk about. Looks like his shirt threw up on itself. Uh, oh, what, what What is that pattern? I mean, and he's, he's a walking billboard to begin with, right? Big guy, 
big, big, big large big man. So whatever he wears is going to be a little bit more prominent uh, than maybe uh, the, the smaller guys out there. That was that was an ugly shirt. Well, and here's the deal with with his look, right? Um, if he were like doing that as kind of a, a bit or kind of like I don't take myself very like a seriously, John Daly s type and of, I'm gonna ch- I'm gonna I'm kind of mix it up. Look at me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not, yeah, you know, maybe not even a. You know, I, I actually was thinking about this yesterday. Uh, a guy who we're getting to know pretty well came down to Oklahoma City, played some golf yesterday. Golf Soup Jones at Golf right. Soup Jones out on Twitter. Shout out to Al- he's always got the provocative look, very <laughs> colorful. Nice. You know, yesterday playing golf, he had the pink hat, the pink uh, shorts, a, a kind of a green kind of um, pink master shirt. But you know, Soup is like kind of laying it on thick, right? Hey, he's man, leaning I'm, into it. He's I'm leaning just have, into I, it, yeah. having a good time. Uh, it's kind of my you know, the, my thing. He's a peacock, right? baby. Get a little Where Kokrak takes himself really seriously. Um, you know, he's, 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 he's just a, he's just a, seems like a real bad guy, to be honest with you. When somebody like that tries to throw it out there, thinking they have some sort of fashion sense, I'm, I'm putting my foot down. Yeah, it was ugly. So was ugly. Uh, he can't pull it off like our man Soup can. Um, but those would be a couple good ones. And actually the two I had, I had written down. So you nailed them. I, uh, I, the, the defense I rest. Mean, Adam Scott is a weekly honorable mention, right? With the, uh, the beige. So here, here you are on the, the palette that is Augusta national, right? We think about the pastels. We think about springtime. He is all taupe all the time. Doesn't matter. The ugly sweater. He had some gray mixed in. So I guess maybe there, there was a little bit of color mixing I mean, this week. The thing is that's sad about Adam Scott is that, uh, He's got he's got a great frame and a great face to put clothes handsome devil. around. Handsome and devil. Uh, is it is it how do you pronounce that brand? It's like Uclo Unique Glow Unique Glow. I think is what it is. Yeah. God, I bet Justin Hoppick's listening to this right now, <laughs> saying, "Guys, <laughs> come on." Sorry, Hop. Um, they could do him right and put him in some good yeah. stuff with good looks, and and here they got now. Uh, one thing that should not go uh, under the radar: Tony Finau sweater on Saturday. Was a disgrace. Bold, bold choice, Cotton. Bold choice. I don't know who tweeted this, but it was amazing. Somebody said that his sweater looked like a Cleveland Browns fan during Breast Cancer Awareness Month. Yeah, that's they got the the pink on there. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. That's that fair. was tough. Yeah. He had the matching crappy pink hat. Mm-hmm. Uh, big tone. You need to tell Nike no. You just need to tell them no. Somebody else tweeted out a screenshot of like a clearance rack, seventeen dollars. That's that sweater. I'm not kidding you not. Like I don't think it didn't look Photoshop. I don't know that I'd give seventeen dollars for it. So uh, speaking of Nike though, Big Cat, his outfit, right? So we saw the traditional red and black on Sunday. Uh I, I wasn't I'm not gonna I'm not gonna lie, I wasn't a huge fan of the print. Right, so he kind of wore that throughout yeah. the course of the week, almost a Zubas style, right? I so uh, I don't know if that was like a breakup uh, camo pattern or, or what was going on there. Uh, Scheffler's kind of had a little bit of that mixed. That sweater, the Nike sweater that Scheffler wears, I know I made mention of it at least three times throughout the course of the week. Till love that sweater, yeah, I, uh, the crew neck <coughs> thing, sexy, the, uh, looks good. The looks sweaters good. that Cat and Scheffler wear, Nike does a good job on they're, the sweaters. They're crispy. Yeah. There's there's a great chance that those are not. Nike sweaters, and it's a really nice sweater with the Nike logo on it. <laughs> but you know, 
When you're big time, you can do what what you want to do. Could be. Uh, Shout out to any amateurs, right? So I know you and I, we we really thought Stewie Hagestad might be the guy going into it, right? The the old head, if you will, from an amateur standpoint. I don't think any of the guys made the cut from what I saw. We had no Um, ams make the cut. Austin Greaser, I think, was the low am, if you want to put it that way, a 151. Uh, I think he was seven over, if I'm not mistaken. Well, uh, I believe Um, Kita Nakajima. Oh, okay. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, they both shot seven over then. Yeah. Both shot seven over. It's the That's who I picked for low am. I don't know if that should count since he didn't make the cut. Well, I mean, he was the low am, right? So if you want to put it that uh, way. But the, the amateurs were definitely underwhelming this year. There's no doubt about it. Yeah, the old guys, not a lot of the old guys snuck up and, and made a run as we're, we're used to seeing at least one of those guys maybe make the cut and you know flirt. With, with doing something on Saturday, right? We think about Bernhard Longer. Bernhard Longer about, really lets you down. Yeah, he did. It's, it's 276s, right? So he was consistent. Got to say that for him. So, but uh, I nailed low man. old guy, Mike Weir. Thank you very much. Yeah, Freddie Couples, a 75, 79. So, but again, the conditions were tough. And, and maybe, you know, but for, you know, Scheffler winning and being on this this heater, if as we continue to refer to it, you know, I think we might have looked back and, uh, and, and remembered the conditions. One of the tougher weather weekends over the course of the four days, probably in Augusta in quite some time. We're used to the rain, right? Oftentimes we'll get rain delays because it's springtime in Georgia, uh, but but kind of cold and windy down there for the most part over the four days. Yeah, it did. And uh, it certainly affected one hole in particular. And I'm, uh, I'm going to take the weather and, and segue it into something I want to talk about. Shout out to our man, Loaf. Um, yeah, great, great job in the four. Loaf absolutely Spot nailed on. the forecast. He had that west wind dialed in on his uh, pre-master's forecast. Um, and I know that from a, a golf course, not necessarily architecture, but some of these things I know that I get a little lost in the sauce and you kind of have to keep me on the rails. So you may not have as many takes on this as I do, but I don't know if you noticed, number 15 at Augusta played dramatically different Par than five. it has in many, many years. On our preview pod uh, that Scooter and I did, we talked about the hole changes, and uh, he asked me you know, what I kind of thought about them, and I actually was excited about 15 because they lengthened it about 20 yards, and my thinking was folks are still, that's, you know, a 560-yard par five is not very long for these guys. Middle of the road probably now. So it's going to, everybody's still going to go for it, was my thinking, but they'd be going for it with longer clubs, and therefore that's going to bring a lot more greater dispersion of scores. Well, instead what happened was that, by and large, everybody laid up to the same spot. So it's like driver, wedge. Yeah, nine irons. Wedge. Like yeah, yeah. And I didn't, didn't like it. I didn't like it. Like, I, I'm flipping my opinion because I thought I would love it, and... Nobody was going for it. At least the first three days, nobody was going for it. Well, we think back to past masters over the course of the last 25, 30 years, you know, ones that we can recall watching, you know, without watching replays, right? And some iconic shots come from the second shot there on 15, right? Going for the green, going over the water there, you know, making a a high risk, high reward. And it did. It it disincentivized most, the vast majority of the guys uh, to go for it, right? So it kind of took a little zap out of it. Yeah, and it's like, the reason that the weather's a segue is that that west wind that they had all four days it laid down the it was it laid down Sunday, on Sunday, Sunday but it bad. still was a west wind yep. is a very rare wind for Augusta, so they maybe don't get that wind again, and therefore maybe more people do go for it. Yeah, just a weird combination to. Yeah. But uh, I was I was very disappointed 
because I get it. It's like now it's a big boy par five into that wind. But if everybody's going to lay up, well, I don't want it to be a big boy par five. I want to see folks go for it. Yep. Even if it is, even if it plays as a, like if you don't make birdie, you're losing stroke, you're losing ground to the field. Fine. Um, so I, I really, I'm going to, I guess I'll give it another year to, uh, before I totally pass judgment, but, um, no Eagles at 15 for the entire week. Only time in master's history. Oh, say, that's pretty wild. Yeah. No Eagles at 15. That's, that's crap. That's crap. No, pretty wild. Well, well, till, you know, we've spent 51 minutes on the masters. You want, you want to put a button on this thing well, before we're gonna, we, we we're move gonna, on? We, we could, we could spend 60. Yeah, it's because, oh, absolutely. Um, I do have one more topic. And this is a this is kind of a macro take. I was sitting at Chalk yesterday watching the Masters with you and others. And I know I had the feeling, I think the feeling was discussed a little bit, that we thought it was kind of a boring Masters. Scotty's kind of out in front. You know, this is kind of anticlimactic. He's running away with it. Um and I got sucked in to, to this again, which is only caring about who wins, right? That the only, the only drama, the only way I can enjoy a golf tournament is if there's a really awesome finish at the top or it's competitive at the top. Because when I got to thinking about it last night, we had all sorts of awesome stuff happen, right? Oh, yeah, I mean, you had absolutely. Rory make his run. You had Cam, who was like all over the place, yet was somehow hanging in there until until twelve. Um, you know, you had guys like uh, you know Sung Jay kind of playing for that military oh, Tiger. You know, you, you had Tiger. You had you know guys that were trying to you know kind of balling out. You know, Colin Markawa had a great round yesterday. Willie Z. And I just feel like all of that gets lost because we're all you know very worried about well, who's going to win, right? And I think. Well, Dick, here's the deal. I'm the best there is, plain and simple. I mean, I wake up in the morning, I piss excellence, and nobody can hang with my stuff. Uh, you know, I'm just a just a big, hairy American winning machine. If you ain't first, you're last. That's what Scheffler said. Uh, that is what he said. And, you know, Scheffler winning four times in six events, I suppose that's kind of how he's got to be feeling at this point. But to be the man, you got to beat the man. And I'm saying, woo, right here. He's the man. You know, I feel like these sound clips are filibustering my take here, but I this is not this is not the time or the place. But I I, I want to keep reminding myself that I want to all I can control is me. I want to start looking at golf a little bit more like the Olympics. You know, where you really do care about who finishes third place. Maybe like Formula One, where you're always. Uh, for those who are following it, it's like if you get in the top 10, like people are jockeying for position, like that's almost more exciting than who wins because in Formula One, if you got a, if you start on the lead, you're probably going to win. Like it's just a foregone conclusion. I got sucked in again to saying, just like last year with Hideki, eh, eh, boring masters, and this kind of stinks. When actually there was a ton of stuff going on that was fascinating, and I got, I got lost in it. Now, the coverage doesn't do us any favors. Because that's, well, that's what they're, they're focused the leader, on. Right, yeah. And that's okay. Like, show the leader. I'm not saying, like, oh, focus over here and not show the leader. I'm just saying that can we get more into what's happening below there? Uh, so something that I'm going to continue to beat the drum on 
if I can remember. It's a, it's a very European soccer take of you, Jay Till. So very, very evolved. Well, I mean, so, you know, it's not just who finishes at the top of the table, man. Who who's down there in the relegation scrap? You, uh, right? Who's 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 going to finish? Who's it's a big deal for this team to finish in the top half, right? It's a big uh, deal for you them. know. I'm, I could look at some literature about that European you can, European soccer. You say, yeah, okay. It's a, it's a very meritocracy based. Hey, you know where you start, where you finish. You know, big clubs got money. Scotty Scheffler's going to win no matter what, but. We should be intrigued by who's going to send, finish somewhere send, between send, second and fifth. Send me a pamphlet. Okay, we'll talk about it. So, all right, we'll we'll tell you know I think that wraps up our discussion here on this pod about the the first major of the year for the men. But there was another major that that took place this weekend on a, on a more local uh, basis, I should say. Right, so a little little supercell action. You want you want to tee that up? Talk a little bit about the uh, the local golfers around here. Absolutely, would love to talk about our uh, local. Oklahoma-based golf club called the Supercell, uh, kind of part of the No Laying Up network. One of the better you logos you'll ever find. Really cool logo. Uh, remind me, Keith, I will I will tweet out the Supercell logo. It's pretty sweet. Because for those of you who need a, a rooting interest for local golf, um, the Supercell is an easy one to get behind. We've we've uh, we've named him uh, Dusty after the uh, the guy from uh, Twister, you know Philip Seymour Hoffman's mm-hmm. character. Suck zone, uh, baby. The suck zone. It's a uh, it's a it's a, it's a miracle of nature, baby. The supercell, folks, is what uh, the local golf club is called. Uh, kind of a season long point series that, um, frankly, if you're one of the top four qualifiers, you get to go and play against the Texas squads in kind of a regional square off. So this is important stuff we're doing. Enjoy here. kicking their butt, right? I'll absolutely love taking it uh, across the Red River and bringing back a trophy. Uh, but yesterday, uh, the first major, as you mentioned, of the Supercell season uh, really spread across two venues. A lot of Oklahoma City folks, a lot of Tulsa folks. Up and down I-44, yeah. And so Lincoln Park West was the venue for the Oklahoma City, uh, I guess, uh, western side of the state. Blackjack Ridge up in Sepulpa is where the Tulsa venue took place. We had, uh, I want to say we had 16... Supercell members tee it up and uh, played a quota game. So kind of, you know, as we've talked about on the pod before, whatever your handicap is establishes how many points you need to get and then how you do based on that um, determines a champion. And so really kind of want to quickly run through uh, not the entire results, but everybody that, that did tee it up. Obviously, uh, our man, Olive Loaf, uh, the captain of the Supercell squad, uh, had had a nice day. It was uh, it was a tough day yesterday for those who remember what Sunday here in Oklahoma was like. Windy. Windy. It was damn windy. We should get one of those adjustments on our scores, uh, PCC PCC adjustments. Uh, but uh, the Tulsa the Tulsa crew, um, I believe this is a, these are all screen names. His his Kim's one. Ty Davis, that's an easy one. Magic Loogie, which is one of my all-time great, favorite great screen name. names. Uh, BB Dixon, uh, ABR Hazel, BB uh, Dixon, definitely friend of the pod. ABR uh, Hazel Rocketeer, Clever. which is uh, kind of our Tulsa co-captain uh, leading the charge up there. The Pope of Fairways, uh, another one of the Tulsa guys uh, to round out uh, that fine group. Uh, they uh, they ranged in uh, scores from minus one to quota, which was quite good on a day like yesterday, 
Uh, always have to call out, unfortunately, our, our DFL man. Hiskam won at negative 12 to quota. You, you hate to see it, but as Hiskam will soon learn on this podcast, it's all about accountability. I bet, it, I bet they do better next time. They will do better next time. Uh, here in OKC, uh, our man uh, Vink14, Justin Vink, Justin again, Vink. friend of the friend pod. Of the uh, our man Amp, a Bonsai Brassy, a loyal listener, uh, teed it up yesterday. Uh, none other than Golf Soup Jones is actually a Tulsa guy, but made the trek to play in the Oklahoma City like side. Road game yesterday, yeah. Uh, played quite well, minus one to his quota. Sneaky good golfer. Um, but the top three finishers in yesterday's quota game were in third place, D Stock 01. Daniel Stockton continues Friend of the pot. to have himself quite a year. Uh, T Hoove 08. T. Hovoeda, an Oklahoma City guy. I got to spend some time with him yesterday at Chalk. Great dude. Uh, he was one over his quota, which was which was quite nice Very on good. a day like uh, yesterday. Uh, but the champion of the first major of the year, uh, screen name only one at a baby. Only one at a baby. He was three over his quota. Uh, each of those guys get a little bit of bump to that. So if you finish in first, second, or third, you get a little bit of bump for the supercell year. So they'll have some points added to their season long total. But it was a great day, man. Uh, great group of guys, great fellowship. Anybody who's willing to go out and play in legit, consistent 25, blowing to 50, uh, and have a great time doing it, joining us at Chalk After for a Masters Watch Party. That's what it's all about. If you're interested in getting involved, uh, just just tweet at our man Olive Loaf. He'll get you hooked up. Or obviously, you can tweet at us here at, at YSO Golf, and we will get you connected. Uh, but it's just a great great way to play some super serious golf. Um, hey, there's something really, on the line, right? You're keeping score. You're, it, you're keeping it score. Right. It, it really does matter, and it's fun to do it. So uh, shout out to those guys. We will continue to bring you supercell updates throughout the year. And, you know, maybe we'll see. We'll, we'll effort only one at a baby. See if we can get him on the pod. You know, sure, maybe for a soundbite. Yeah, sure, absolutely. Well, well, well speaking, of, or speaking of keeping score, Till, uh, you and I, we played a little golf earlier today, right? So kind of took, took a little Monday off, played in one of our favorite charities tournaments today up at the Greens, uh, the, uh, the DSACO, Down Syndrome Association of Central Oklahoma, near and dear to our hearts. A shout-out to Jeff Ashley Papiritis, right? Their, their little girl, Abby, a great turnout out there. Maxed out. Maxed out the field uh, for the uh, DeSacco, as we like to call it, up there. And, uh, I mean, we kept score. We played pretty darn well. Had, had our guys Nolo and Dragon uh, kind of carrying us. Although, you you struck the ball off the tee tremendously today. I made some putts, and so we hammed, hammed and egged it pretty well yeah, together. Yeah, you and I were both uh, uh, yeah. probably made... Uh, Made 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 good on yeah. uh, on the cashing in on those birdies. We, what a we made a lot of them. Fifteen under fifty six, and we finished tied for fourth. Man, yeah. some uh, some pretty good golfers out there today. Yeah, we uh, we did par two holes, which were our uh, our undoing. That was a mistake. That was a mistake. Our undoing. Uh, I believe it was the sixth hole and the seventh hole. Sorry, fifth and sixth holes that we parred. Yeah, back to back. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, anytime you got Nolo and Dragon on the squad, you're gonna have uh, a lot of uh, chip shots into par fours at most. Little flip I wedges. I don't know why those guys have a three iron to seven iron. They they, they never use it, right? So it's you for, drive it that far. It's, it's for punching out of the trees. I, I guess yeah. that'd be the only time they ever use it. So, uh, but great great day out there. Again, you mentioned it. Uh, great charity to support. Very, very loyal supporters of Dasco, uh, the uh, Chalk Luxury Sports Bar, our sponsor, also the sponsor of our team. 
So shout out there. Meta, um, one of the uh, the dads uh, out there, I uh, want to give a shout out to to Ray, excuse me, Race Gay, uh, leads a group called Dads. Um, I forget what the acronym stands for. Dads something. Dads uh, Awareness of Down, Down syndrome, syndrome or something yeah. like that. Or Dads, yeah, something like that, yeah. Really enjoyed talking with him. They do a kind of a charity fundraiser specific to their dads down support group, which is kind of a, a what I would call a backyard Olympics, backyard yeah, games, yeah, Olympics yeah. sort of deal. Old, old fat guy Olympics. Yeah. yeah, yeah that, we'll, uh, <laughs> well, we are, uh, while they aren't a sponsor, I think we will be giving them some love and getting details on their event coming up at the end of June. Uh, wanted to shout out our man race. Uh, but I had a great day. Great day out there, and uh, first, uh, first, I guess I'm sorry. Every year, the Monday after the Masters, they yep, just lock right. it in. Lock it that's in. when it's going to be. You know, after you have the high of the Masters, you really don't want to go back to work on Monday. So, it's what tough, a better yeah. thing to do than tee it up in a golf tournament? Yeah, and it, in kind of cool, windy conditions uh, here in Oklahoma City today, right? So, kind of very um, uh, Augusta esque uh, over the last four days. Uh, we had the same conditions this morning, but uh, kudos to you. You played really, really well, and uh, and I, I got around okay. But uh, yeah, good, good team effort. I thought it was and, a great uh, team effort. T T four. Uh, we can we can hold our head high. Didn't even have to cheat to get to fifteen hundred. We earned it. Yeah, no Which cheating. Saying a lot in a, in a scramble. A lot. <laughs> uh, Dragon long drive winner. That's right. Yeah, three forty six. I wanted to say it on the air yeah. so that I don't keep the gift card. He had to leave a little early from the award ceremony, so we'll get that to our man Dragon. So uh, great, what turned into five days, the last yeah. five days, the Masters. It's a good week, good week. Uh, and then the Dasco charity event, uh, very, very nice. All right, where do you want to go next, my friend? Uh, there's some college golf going on, my friend. So oh, yeah, the, uh, sure. the the ladies are in action at the Brezzy down in Fort Worth, Texas, both uh, Bedlam ladies, right? Oklahoma State in the Oklahoma Sooner women in action right now. And we, we've got a live look at the leaderboard here, Till, on golf stat. If you want to, Baylor, Baylor kind of run away with this thing right now. Oklahoma State in third, four under, so so a good showing thus far. Uh, OU women a little further down the board at T11, but uh, thoughts on the ladies down in Fort Worth? Yeah, I think this is a tournament that both state schools play in every year. It's actually uh, named after our man, Bruzzy Westheimer. That's right. Airport in Norman as well. Yeah. Big supporter of Dornick Hills. believe he was the main benefactor to get that Tom Doak restoration done. So that's where the name The Bruzzy comes from. Uh, O-State continues to acquit themselves well, despite the uh, adjustments, we'll say, to their roster. Over the last month, they currently are in third place at four under par. OU a little bit further back, uh, sitting at plus 16. They're a few holes into their second hole, uh, second round of the day at the 36 hole. The, uh, 36 hole today, today, followed by 18 tomorrow. And so, um, yeah. fun to watch that the Baylor, the Baylor Lady Bears, 16 under, clinic man, on, yeah, on, on the round today. That's impressive. 16 under the first round, 23 under overall. So the ladies golf is uh, is rounding out their regular season. They will tee it up, uh, I believe, April twenty second in the women's Big Twelve Championship down right. at Whispering Pines. So that'll be the next big event that we talk about on the college golf scene for the ladies. 
I believe the guys are also in action this weekend. That's right. Coming and we up, we are this going weekend. to have Bedlam. Yeah, out in Arizona, right? Getting geared up for Greyhawk, right? So playing more desert golf probably than maybe what we're accustomed to over the last few years. But Sooner Men and the Cowboy Man teeing it off at the Thunderbird Collegiate this weekend, April 15th and April 16th on Saturday at Papago Golf Club there in Tempe, Arizona. Uh, you know, the last regular season event, if we want to call it that, till on the men's side in the uh, the guys will tee it up uh, down at Whispering Pines Golf Course in Trinity, Texas at the uh, Big 12 Stroke Play Championship. Till we talked about this, a little disappointed that it's not going to be uh, up at Prairie Dunes in Hutchison, Kansas. You, you and I get to go up there, spend a couple of days last year and really enjoyed it. But uh, nevertheless, we'll be down in Texas this go round. And of course, OU, Oklahoma State in the University of Texas, probably the co-favorites, if you want to say, or one of those three is going to win. You know, uh, I absolutely believe that those one of those three will host the trophy. Don't sleep on Texas Tech, at least for the individual title. Good. Yeah. Ludwig. Ludwig, Ludwig Aberg uh, will be a menace when it comes to Whispering Pines. Really that kind golf. of golf course suits him well. I will say the course they're playing this weekend, that Papago out in uh, the desert, it's like one of the top 20. I think it came in at, I think it might even came in top 15 in terms of best uh, municipal golf courses. Yeah, really cool. Uh, great track out in Phoenix that they'll be teeing it up at the Thunderbird. And then, yes, turning their attention to the Big 12 championship. Fired up for that. Wishing there was some way we could get down there. Man, Whispering Pines is just tough to get to. Yeah, that. And then we've got uh, the PGA. And then we've got the NCAAs out of Greyhawk. So we, we do have to work on occasion, right, in between. Can't just take off and go to every golf tournament. So got to pay the light bill in some way, shape, or form, I guess. That's what my wife, <laughs> uh, financial advisor, uh, boss, all keep telling me. And yeah. uh, it's frustrating. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, you know, the PGA guys are going to be playing golf this week. Uh, I know it may, may come as a shocker, right, on the hills of the Masters, but RBC Heritage, uh, a sneaky good event, Till. So a lot of the big-name guys are playing in the field this week. Uh, maybe maybe you would expect a lot of the guys take the week off, but uh, heading over the state line to Hilton Head, South Carolina, not that far from Augusta, Georgia, Harbortown Golf Links, uh, the iconic uh, what uh, uh, lighthouse right that we always think yep. of out there just off the coast. Defending champion Stewie Sink. Right? Remember his son being on the bag last year? Kind of a cool moment there. I guess Stewie Sink and his son had a cool moment this week at the Masters, right? So Hold had the hole in one. One on 16 there uh, on Friday. A really cool highlight there. But uh, thoughts on the RBC Heritage yeah. Till? No, uh, absolutely. It's sne- Not, sneaky it's good event, right? Sneaky good, yeah. great event. I think the uh, in contrast to the high stress, high pressure uh, feeling around the Masters, not just from the how big of a tournament is, but, you know, you're at Augusta, you kind of have to walk on eggshells. You don't want to mess up and uh, get yourself kicked out of there as a patron or uh, certainly as a announcer or perhaps even a player at times rip, have, rip have your not, shirt off have not been invited back <laughs> contrast that with the um, you know the low country <laughs> vibes yeah, yeah. of Hilton Head and uh sneaky good field I think uh its strength of field is like 475 uh That's for comparison good. you know Phoenix Open was in the 460s I think that uh uh Bay Hill which had a great you know good field 500 so it's a, it's got a great it's got a good field uh, Harbortown Golf Links, a Pete, some call him Peter Die. Peter Die Sr. Peter Die Sr. design. Uh, just a cool little track. Uh, emphasis on accuracy. It is relatively short by PGA Tour standards. 
but a, uh, an iconic venue, yes, with the lighthouse. And 18 playing along Calabogie Sound, one of the great uh, bodies of water in yeah. golf. I just like saying that, yeah. Calabogie, Calabogie Sound. Yeah, Calabogie. Really cool. Well, uh, let, let's make picks, Till. And, and, of course, Dirty Birdies, right? So uh, uh, our man, Scooter and 2G, they actually took the podcast equipment on the road to Pinehurst, right? So, obviously, Scott called in earlier. They will be posting a Dirty Birdies later today. And shout out to all the uh, the crew that, uh, that that finished well. I think our man, B.B. Dixon, was uh, was in the money. B.B. Dixon yeah, was he, in the had, money. Had a, had a great week, right? So, had a, had a great week at the... Uh, uh, Supercell, and then I had a great week on Dirty Birdies. We'll post the link to that on our website, right? FantasySportsPros.com. Scroll down to the bottom to the weekly picks link. You'll see our picks there in the link to join the Dirty Birdies DraftKings contest on a weekly basis. Uh, Till I, I think I may have just, just nipped you on picks this past week, right, with me taking Cam Smith. Uh, slightly better finish than, than your winner, DJ. And then more importantly, you know, my guy, the guy I faded, right, that said that they won't win, John Rahm, made the cut, but was never in contention. And then obviously we... Scotty Scheffler remember will your not win the Masters. <laughs> the world number one. world number one will not win the Masters. Yeah, so I think that means I get the first pick this week, right? I guess we'll just uh, ignore who your sleeper was, who your low old guy was. Sergio Garcia made the cut. T23, a sleeper. He was fine. He was fine. Uh, Quite questionable stuff. But as always, being the gracious person I am, please, sir, first pick at the RBC Heritage presented by Your Majesty the Queen. Sorry, wrong (laughs) tournament. Who you got for a dark horse? And remember, 100 to 1 or worse. That's right. That's right. Uh, I'm not going to overthink this thing, Till. I'm going to go with the defending champion coming off oh. the hole-in-one. We just mentioned it. Stewie Sink right on the number at plus 10,000. Um, you know, he, he likes playing this event. You know, that, that's that's obvious. Uh, played really well last year. Was the winner. Uh, wouldn't shock me to see him in contention on Sunday in South Carolina. Stewie Sink right on the number at plus 10,000. 10, excuse me. My dark horse for the RBC. Very nice. I am going to go with somebody who I'm, I'm a little bit nervous about making this my dark horse because speaking of running out of gas, this guy may be on fumes given that he won two weeks ago at the Valero, ends up playing quite nicely, making the cut he did, yeah. at Augusta and had a nice weekend. I'm going to go with J.J. Spawn good right pick. on the number at 100 to 1. He's playing good golf. His game does fit at Harbortown. He's kind of a kind of a placement kind of guy. Uh, give me J.J. Spawn as my dark horse to continue his good play out uh, in Hilton Head. Snake draft. Snake, Snake draft, draft. I top assume. Top tenner. Top tenner. Who's going who's gonna to play really, really well but not necessarily bag themselves a win? Uh, I, I could go a lot of different ways with this one. I think that coming off the Masters, a lot of folks are in good form. Uh, so it's honestly, it's honestly harder to narrow down the top ten than it is uh, picking one winter. Excuse me, one winner. But I'm going to stick with my guy, Russ Henley. He's been doing good things. He was my sleeper pick at the Masters, and uh, he did make the cut and had a, had a great Sunday. Uh, started off with the front nine thirty one, so he's uh, seems to be in form, and uh, I believe he's on our number or forty five. Forty five, uh, yeah, definitely as a top tenner. Uh, Russ Henley to uh, make the top 10 this weekend at Hilton Head. Nope, I like that pick. Uh, we talked about him, one of the guys that we we weren't mad at, but we were just disappointed. Uh, JT, uh, I'm going to go with our man Sungjae. 
uh, at 34 to 1 plus 3,400. The man's a grinder. His ball striking was on point this week. He just didn't make any putts. I think the greens at Hilton Head are, are going to be a little more, e- or a little easier to navigate than what they are at Augusta. Uh, if he gets a few putts to fall, look out, people. I'm going to go Sungjae at plus 3,400, 34 to 1, uh, 34 to 1 to win for Sungjae M, or I'm depending upon your uh, uh, pronunciation there. but it's uh, obviously Sungjae. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So, uh, winners. Um, again, you know, I, I go back and forth here, uh, Till, uh, on, you know, what I want to do with Cam Smith, right? So it, it, he strikes me as a guy that could could quite possibly bounce back and, and play really well and win this event this week. Uh, but, but I'm going to stay away from it. Um, not going to overcomplicate things. I'm going to go chalk here. Give me Justin Thomas at plus thirteen hundred. Uh, the he, he's he's the I guess co favorite, if you will, along with Colin Morikawa, also at plus thirteen hundred as well. You know this this strikes me as an event that uh, I think that he can win. Uh, I think that he shows he's shown flashes between the players in the Masters. Uh, it's not going to take much longer for him to break through and get a victory. It feels like it's been a while because it has. Justin Thomas at 13 to 1, my pick to win the RBC Heritage Bucket. You know, I'll be rooting for him. I'm going to go with uh, you know, surprisingly somebody who was able to get in this field given that they're an LPGA superstar, Corey Connors. Phil? Hey, Phil? Phil? Phil Connors? Phil Connors, I thought that was you. Uh, how you doing? Thanks for watching. Hey, hey. Phil Connors? You just wanted to hear the sound, sound clip. Plus 2,600 as a guy who is playing. Good value. Absolute great golf. He does. does. Ball striking supreme. Shorter golf course. Doesn't have to overpower it. Corey Connors is going to bag his second PGA Tour victory there on the shores of Calabogie Sound. Oh, love it. Just rolls off the tongue. Calabogie Corey. Oh, that's good stuff. Love it. I mean, books are going to be written about this stuff. Oh, Till, it's been an hour and 17 minutes. We're getting close to -to back-to-back. I got to be honest, I'm I'm gassed. Yeah, yeah. Great day of playing golf. An absolute great week of watching golf. Uh, Enjoyed the last, uh, you know, almost 90 minutes talking golf with you, bud. Only 363 days until, actually, 59 days. Yeah, 360. Until next year's Masters. The leap year? I can't recall. Already looking forward to it. Yep. Uh, I am as well, my friend. Uh, tweets, shows, social media, plugs, throw them out there, mud. At YSO Golf on both Twitter and Instagram. If you download the gram, uh, if you would, check out the story we posted oh, today yeah. on Pinehurst. Scooter and 2G. Check yeah. out the visuals that we'll be passing along from Scooter and 2G from Pinehurst, North Carolina. At YSO Golf on both Twitter and Instagram. Yep, good stuff there. And, of course, uh, you can follow us on the web here at the Sports Pros Network at fantasysportspros.com, or you can follow us on Twitter at sports underscore pros. And remember, ladies and gentlemen, that is pros with an E, P-R-O-S-E. Been a hell of a week, bud. Amen, brother. Let's get out there and play some golf. And as always, ladies and gentlemen, we encourage you to get out there and enjoy the walk.